I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole? Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. I love the quote in that compilation about uh, 20-year-olds falling in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters. I feel like I can relate to that. And I'm almost 30. And yet, I feel like I fall in and out of love continuously with a multitude of different people. And it causes all kinds of uh, all kinds of problems. Uh, a lot of times when I try dating someone, I turn into this uh, incredibly insecure person. And I hate that about myself. I'm not sure if that comes from dealing with my ex-wife cheating on me repeatedly, the trust issues that that caused. Or if it's partially from my other mental issues. Low self-image, low self-worth, self-esteem. Always wondering when something is going well, if that's something that I deserve or not. When I convince myself that it's not something I deserve, then I begin to get insecure and I think it's actually not as good as I think it is. But actually, I think the problem starts even before the insecurity because it starts with that uh, intense attachment very early on. I know I get very, very uh, intensely attached to someone very early on, sometimes even before meeting them in person. You know, I've talked about that before on, uh, on this program. I'm pretty attached to a girl right now that I've been calling and FaceTiming and, and texting every day recently. I've been talking to her on and off for over a year. Before the new year, I appealed to all of you for some advice about her. She lives in South Carolina. I appealed to you for some advice about whether or not I should go see her. I'm going to come back to that topic in a little bit, but... I want to talk about the other girl that I mentioned who's here in Las Vegas that I had been talking to uh, for maybe about a month in, in probably like Thanksgiving to late December, give or take. I actually had the opportunity with that girl uh, to view the insecurity from the other side. She was the one being incredibly insecure. And it gave me kind of this unique glimpse into my own mind and how I look at new relationships, these forming forming uh, attractions, when I try dating someone and I become the one who's insecure. See, but with her, I wasn't insecure, but she was. In the last four years... Of me being single, she might have been my first real opportunity to see how damaging that insecurity really can be. 
Sometimes when we do something or we think something or we act a certain way, we might not see how damaging that behavior really can be unless we get to experience it from the other side. You know, we talk about treating others as you want to be treated. We talk about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. But that's easier said than done. In this case, I wasn't able to put myself in the other person's shoes until I was put in that situation where someone treated me the way that I had been treating others in my past, if that makes any sense. I was dating this girl, you know, talking to her for about a month or so. I think we started talking uh, around Thanksgiving. And it started out really great. You know, she opened up to me about her past. I told her a lot about my own past. And we had a lot in common. She had been married and divorced, just like me. She had been cheated on some, uh, she had been cheated on by someone, just like me. Her heart was shattered, just like mine was. Both of us kind of recognized in our second or third date that when someone is betrayed by someone that they love, they become this very guarded person. And, and subconsciously, you bring that insecurity from your past into new relationships. And, th- and that can be hard to overcome. It can be incredibly difficult to trust someone new when you've been hurt like that uh, in your past. And both of us had that as a past experience. So I kind of looked at that as a good thing. We were both coming from that similar background. We both had that understanding that it's difficult to trust someone because of what we had been through. We both bring our past into our present and we look at new relationships and new people through the same lens that was formed in a past relationship that failed. And people do that all the time. Everybody does that uh, in one way, shape, or form. The reason that I thought this one was good was because both of us were kind of looking at each other through that same lens. But what ended up happening was not good. For whatever reason, and I don't really know why, but for whatever reason, I really didn't get that insecure feeling about her. I liked her. I didn't have the same insecurities with her that I had with others. Maybe it was because I was already starting to trust her because I knew that she understood my past and I kind of understood hers. But I learned rather quickly that she had a lot of insecurities about me. And it didn't take very long for me to see it and to see how damaging that was. It showed me how damaging that insecurity can be. And it was interesting because I got to see it from the other perspective. Up until this point, I had always been the insecure one. And I didn't really fully grasp how that insecurity that I had would push the woman I was trying to date away and would kind of push her off. And and probably a good reason why a lot of my past dating experiences only lasted a few weeks, if that. With this girl, one of the things that uh, that we did frequently, you know, we'd go out and, and shoot pool. I shoot pool a lot. I go down into Chinatown here in Vegas, and I find a pool hall. I'll sit there for several hours shooting pool, usually with one of my good friends. His name's Rob. So this girl tells me that she wants to get better at pool. She knows that I like to I like to go down to the pool hall. So a part of our first date, we ended up going down there and shooting pool. As we went out more and more, she became interested in it. She had fun doing it. So she would always be like, well, can we go play pool? And of course, I would be up for that. 
Eventually, I introduced her to Rob, and uh, the three of us would go would go play pool. She added him on Facebook. She started messaging him on Facebook, saying how much she liked being around me. She would ask him if I liked her. He would kind of tell me about these conversations and say, hey, she's she's really interested in you. And initially, that, that really made me feel good because she was into me. And she was telling my friend how much she enjoyed being around me. And I would just tell him to tell her how much I enjoyed being around her because it was mutual. You know, I I liked her too. And it was kind of this giddy feeling of, oh my God, she actually really likes me because she's even bragging to my friend about how much she likes me. But over a few weeks, uh, like when I'd be at work or whatever, my friend would text me. Rob would send me a text and say, hey, this girl is asking if, uh, if I've heard from you because she hasn't heard from you. Like, for example, if I'm at work and I don't text her for a few hours because I'm busy at work, apparently she would start to freak out. And I'm not talking about going days and days without texting her. I'm literally talking about just a few hours. And because I knew about this now, because Rob's telling me, it kind of started to push me away. It started to feel like she was getting clingy, even though she wouldn't act that way towards me. You know, she wouldn't blow up my phone saying, "Are you? why aren't you texting me back? You know, she wasn't doing that. It was just that I was starting to realize how she actually felt because she would confide in my friend who would tell me about their conversations. After a week or two of that, he showed me a long conversation the two of them had one night about how jealous she was of the female friends in my life. Different coworkers, just friends, whatever, Facebook friends that were girls. She freaked out about the fact that my motorcycle was named after a girl that I dated three years ago. My motorcycle is named Stephanie after a girl I dated, like I said, about three years ago. I only dated her for about two months, but that one could have lasted longer. I don't think a lot of the problems were there. A lot of the problems that I have in other relationships I don't think existed with Stephanie. The reason that we only lasted a few months is because she ended up moving to California. We ended on good terms. It just ended because she left Vegas. We're still uh, Facebook friends. We talk randomly, not often, maybe once a month, if that. E- even though she now has a new boyfriend, we're we're done. We're not we're not anything anymore. But we stayed friends, and that that was the only one that I dated in the last four years that I can say that about. So she, you know, she was special to me, not just because I was interested in her, but she was special because she was kind of my first positive experience that didn't go south with a, with a woman. And maybe that sounds weird. I don't, I don't know. Maybe now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe that, maybe I understand how that would bother a girl that is interested in me now. But from from my perspective and the way that I look at it is, you know, I bought this motorcycle two years ago. One of my friends said, oh, you should name it after a girl that, you should name, name it a, a girl's name, you know, after a girl that was once in your life, played a significant role in your life, but is no longer really in your life. And I, I didn't even have to think about it. I knew exactly which girl I was going to name it because she really did impact my life because she she kind of was the one that gave me hope after this horrible bitter marriage and divorce that completely went south and then I dated a few random people after that and they all went south 
but Stephanie was kind of the one that didn't go south. So two years ago when I bought my motorcycle, I just, that was just the the name that popped into my head for that purpose. I don't know, maybe you also think that's weird. But the part that irritated me was that this girl, rather than asking me or telling me how she felt about Stephanie, she went to Rob and and said that she was, you know, she was insecure about the fact that I was still in love with Stephanie. And that upset me because I'm not still in love with Stephanie. Rather than coming to me with her concerns, she went to my friend and told me that that bothered her that I was still in love with someone else. She was so insecure and so jealous that at a few points during their conversation, she actually told Rob that she was done with me. She was done waiting for me to text her because, again, a couple hours that I wasn't texting her. She was done because she didn't think I was loyal and I was too focused on other girls. Which wasn't true at all. When I wasn't texting her, it was because I was busy. I was busy at work or I was busy with my daughter. And I'd go a few hours not texting her. Like I said, it's not like we were going days and days without talking. Just a few hours. We talked every single day several times during the day. But she told him that she was done with me because I wasn't expressing enough interest. So I confronted her about it. I told her that I knew she was talking to Rob and that I knew it was about me, but I claimed to not know the details of their conversation. I told her that Rob didn't tell me what the conversation was, even though in reality, I had already read the entire conversation. Rob gave me his phone and let me read the conversation. Being my friend, he was worried that I was going to get hurt. He was worried about the extreme jealousy and insecurity that he saw. And being my friend, he wanted me to be aware of it. Neither here nor there, you may agree with that decision or not, but he showed me the conversation and I sat there and read the whole thing. But I told this girl that Rob didn't tell me what the conversation was. Instead, I told her that I wanted her to tell me what they were talking about. It bothered me because I I told her that I knew that it was probably not something good based on the way that Rob explained it to me, but I didn't know the details, and Rob told me that I should go talk to you, so that's why I'm here, and I want to know what you guys were talking about. That's basically what I told her. She told me that it was nothing, and she was asking Rob if I liked her, but knowing that there was more, I knew obviously about the insecurities, the jealousy surrounding the other women in my life knowing that she was so upset that she didn't even want to be involved with me anymore, at least that's what she said. I I asked her if there was more. I told her I didn't believe that that was it. I told her that I, I feel like there's more in there that you're not telling me. At one point, she even offered me her phone and said, well, would you like to just read the conversation yourself? In my head now, I'm thinking, well, maybe she's really not trying to hide this. She doesn't have a problem with me reading it, and I I already read the conversation. But I agreed, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll read it. Because again, in her mind, I hadn't read it yet. I I didn't tell her that I had already read it. So she pulls out her phone. She looks at it. I see her scrolling. She never shows me the phone. She's just kind of scrolling and reading. And then she says to me, it's just me asking if you like me or not. It's like middle school stuff. I just keep asking over and over again if you like me or not. And then she puts her phone down and locks it. 
never lets me read it. I even confronted her about that. I told her, see, now it looks even more suspicious because you were going to let me read it. You pulled it out. You looked at the conversation and now you remember what you actually said and now you won't let me read it. So that makes me even more suspicious because now you know what's in that conversation that you don't want me to see. For two hours, I sat there and we talked and she never let me read the conversation. She never admitted her insecurities or her jealousies about the other women in my life. So I ended it. I told her I wanted her to be honest and upfront and she wasn't. It made me nervous that she would never tell me the truth if we ended up in a real relationship. It made me nervous that I couldn't trust her. I knew for a fact that she was being deceptive. I knew it because I had already read the conversation. Now I would never be able to trust her again. I couldn't handle that level of insecurity combined with the lack of honesty and, and being upfront. And you know, it really reminded me of my marriage. Not because this girl is cheating on me. It's not that. It's not the same in that sense. But when my ex-wife cheated on me, see, I never figured out how many times she actually cheated because every time it came up, it was because I caught her. And if I caught her, uh, let me give you an example. One of the times that I caught her, uh, I had seen text messages on her phone. And I read a long conversation between her and this guy. Uh, And part of that conversation indicated that there was definitely more than just texting. They, I was seeing parts of the conversation over periods of time, over a period of a few days, that would be like, um, you know, when does he go to work? When does he go to work next? When can I come over again? Uh, When can we see each other again? Things, things of that nature. So I knew that this was more than just texting, but when I confronted her about it, when I confronted my wife about that, and I, I pretended kind of playing dumb to see how much she would admit to, and I, I, I said, I know that you've been essentially sexting with this guy, and I need to know, is it more than that? Did you guys ever fool around uh, physically, or is it strictly just this text message conversation? Knowing full well in my mind that it was physical. I just wanted to play dumb and see if my wife, see if I could trust her because if she would own up to it, maybe I could trust that she was an honest person and she could she could, uh, she could, could be honest and I could forgive her. So I would do the same thing of playing dumb. And, and she, she wouldn't. She would swear up and down that it was just the text message conversation until I called her on it and would tell her, no. I know that you did this because of X, Y, Z. I know that you're lying to me again. So let's start over again. Tell me everything. And I would give her I would give her little pieces of information to see if she would ever volunteer something to be honest. And she never would. She never would. And that's why that marriage failed, not just because of the affair, but because of the lack of accountability and the lack of honesty. I felt like I was having to pry the truth out. And that's why I can sit here today, some eight, nine years later, honestly saying I'll never know how many times she cheated on me because I have so little trust in anything that woman says that she can say it was just those times. What, just the times I caught you? You're not even sorry you did it. You're just sorry you got caught. Because if you were sorry you did it, you would apologize for the things that I don't know that you did. So I saw a lot of similarities between what I went through in my marriage and what I was going through in this conversation with this girl. Like I said, even though this girl wasn't cheating on me, she wasn't. we're not talking about her fooling around with someone else. We're talking about actually something a little bit petty. These insecurities and jealousies, you know, that that's, to be honest with you, that's a little bit petty. That's not even that big of a deal. It's nothing compared to an affair. I get that. But the, the similarity and the thing that bothers me that I don't think I'd be able to get over is the fact that in both cases, I had to pry the truth out of them. 
I had to pretend to not know what I already knew. And then I had to be disappointed because they wouldn't admit to it. In order to be tr- in order to gain trust and true forgiveness when you mess up, you have to you have to confess even what you think that person doesn't know. You can't just apologize for what they're calling you on because then you're only sorry for the fact that you got caught. Then you're not actually sorry for the action. And that, and that's why I ended it. That's why I ended it because I couldn't handle knowing that she was not being honest with me. I knew that if we ended up in a real relationship, I would have a hard time ever trusting anything she said of a serious nature because she couldn't even be honest and upfront about this rather petty thing. In spite of me sitting there for two hours telling her to her face, I don't believe you. I think there's more. I think you're hiding something. Tell me what you're hiding. For two hours, she wouldn't. So I wasn't going to do it anymore. Now, that was a few days ago. So now, over the last few days, I've had the opportunity to kind of sit back and, and look at this in hindsight. And I'm realizing that, obviously, as I knew, a lot of her insecurities are from her past, which she told me about, and, you know, I mentioned that. You know, she was in abusive relationships, cheating relationships, she had her heart broken, all of that. Even though I never did any of those things to her, she brought all those past experiences with other guys that I had never even met. I obviously have nothing to do with them, but she brought all those past experiences into our new forming relationship, and it truly damaged it uh, beyond all repair. Nothing she says or does now at this point would change that. Even if she came and and fessed up to the whole thing now, it doesn't matter because when I've called you on it and you confess to it, that's meaningless. I've already called you on it, so really you're just sorry that you were caught. So it made me realize how damaging that insecurity really can be. I I never really have been on this side of it because usually I'm the insecure one. Usually I'm the one wondering how much the other person likes me, wondering if she's really interested in someone else and just kind of dragging me along, wondering when she's going to text me back if it's been several hours. And this girl really showed me how damaging that mentality is. Because I wasn't doing anything on the side. And yet that insecurity that she had pushed me away from her. You know, people talk about how every dating experience, even though it might not lead to the one and living happily ever after, every dating experience has something to offer and it it teaches us something. It shows us what you want in a person. And you can learn something from all those experiences. I always knew insecurity and jealousy could be toxic in a relationship. I, I always knew that. But I don't think I really realized it and, and understood what that meant until this experience because I actually had the opportunity to be on the receiving end of it. In hindsight, now I'm realizing that How this girl was acting is actually how I usually act when I'm interested in someone. She was so incredibly attached to me that if I went four or five hours without texting her back, she'd freak out. I'm like that. That's what I do. I don't freak out directly on the person. You know, I don't text them like, blow them up. Why aren't you texting me back? Blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Are you cheating on me? Are you seeing someone else? I usually freak out internally that that's a a battle that I fight within my own mind or maybe I'll vent it out to a friend and that's what she did. The only real difference is that she vented it to someone who was actually my friend and of course my friend told me about the conversations. All of us have past experiences that 
create the person who we are today. Whether you like it or not, we all have baggage. We all have memories of how we were burned. And nobody wants to get burned in the same way twice or three times or four. So obviously when we have a bad experience, we build walls to protect ourselves. And those walls are are based on how we were wronged in our past. We start to look at all people the same. If one person cheated on me, that means anyone I date is going to cheat on me. We treat that next person as if they're the same as the last. It becomes problematic because we don't give the new person a fair shot. The more bad experiences you've had, the harder it is for the right person to come along and overcome all those hurdles and all those walls that you've put up. We don't know how to start with a clean slate. And sometimes we don't even know how to have an honest conversation with the new person that we're with, explaining those walls and explaining those insecurities and fears. So it turns into this mess where We don't trust anyone, and then we poison anything good that comes along. And even if we do have that honest conversation with the other person, with the new person we're with, that doesn't always fix it. I feel like I had that honest conversation with her. I felt like we were on the same page, that we both understood our insecurities. We both understood the walls that we had, and we both understood why each of us was guarded in our own way. And still, it got poisoned. So how do we escape that vicious cycle? How do we overcome that? I don't think I really have the answer for that. It's something that obviously I'm still struggling with, especially since you know if you've been following the podcast recently, you know that I'm conflicted about going to South Carolina to see a girl that I met online. I've never met her in person. I've been talking to her for over a year on and off. I'm conflicted because I did this once before and I got burned. I'm conflicted because this same time last year, I went to New York to meet up with a girl and she completely vanished on me, completely fell off the face of the earth. It was a waste of time, a waste of money. A waste of a week in New York. I'm conflicted about doing that again because I don't want to get burned again. Even though this is a different girl, essentially a clean slate, I'm not giving her a fair shot. I have more walls for her to overcome because of how a different girl treated me. How fair is it to judge this girl in South Carolina based on how Another girl in New York treated me. Is that insecurity really fair? I don't know. I don't have the answer because it may not be fair to her. But is it fair to me to put my heart out on the line again and go through the pain again? Nothing's fair in life. So why do we worry about what's fair? What makes the most sense maybe is a better way to look at it. I don't know. What if something's supposed to happen with this girl in South Carolina, but I never go because of what happened in New York, even though the New York experience was something I needed to have to show me something or teach me something But now South Carolina girl who's supposed to show me something else or teach me something else or perhaps be someone in my life that I need in my life. But she never has that opportunity because I never give it to her because of what happened in New York. It's a vicious cycle, folks. So what do we do? I don't know. I don't don't have that answer. There's a guy by the name of Jay Shetty who makes tons of inspirational videos on YouTube and Facebook. He gets millions of views, super, super popular. This guy is amazing. 
Well, he makes a video on insecurity in relationships, and I think there's some wisdom to what he has to say. I'm going to play just a part of it for you so you can hear his advice to both people in this situation. He talks to the one who feels insecure, and he talks to the other person in the relationship as well. And he has sound advice for both sides. So I'm, I'm going to play that for you real quick. Hey, sis. Who? Well, someone was texting you on your phone. Why are you looking through my phone? Well, why are you texting someone else? She's a friend from work. Why are you looking through my phone for a start? Because you're texting someone else. I'm asking you, who are you texting? It could be anyone. Well, you, uh, there's nothing going on. Would you, uh, why are you looking through my phone? Right, so are you going to tell me who she is, or...? There's nothing going on. Just, what are you, what are you talking about? What kind of a relationship is this and you don't need to tell me? Are you being serious right now? Well, yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Enjoy your tea. Hey, Jay. Yeah, she, she thinks I'm chatting to other girls. I think James is talking to someone else. No, well, no, there's literally nothing going on, that's the thing. I think he really likes talking to her. I mean, we were out and he was still texting her. It's just a friend at work. I just hope it's not got too far. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something that I'm doing that maybe she's feeling insecure about or something that I need to do better or, you know... I... Maybe I'm just overreacting and it's nothing at all. First of all, Katie, I just want you to know that everything you thought James was up to, there's no truth in it at all. He wasn't talking to anyone else. He wasn't seeing anyone else and he wasn't even thinking of anyone else. It's incredible how all of us in our current relationships project experiences from the past, whether it's been interactions, people, situations that we've been through before, we start creating that reality again. And those insecurities of the past start mirroring our reality today. And we all experience this at different stages of our life. We all experience insecurities in work, relationships, friendships, and even family. And when that happens, we let our insecurities completely destroy something amazing, something that has so much potential, something that is free from all the negativity that we had before, but we're still carrying it with us today. And the truth is, if we have insecurities or we have doubts, it's okay to voice them. It's just about voicing them in the right way. When you choose to attack or accuse someone, it immediately puts them on the defensive. It scares the other person away, especially when they haven't done something wrong. But if we can approach these situations with maturity, being conscious, being aware, and discussing them, in a proper sense, sharing how we feel, then we allow the other person to come with sensitivity. We allow the other person to help us through this challenge. And one thing also I want you to know, James, is that it's really important that you're not giving her any reason to feel insecure. Often we just behave in our ways just as we were out of relationships, even when we are in one. And the truth is that things change, things evolve. And so it's really important for you to also be conscious and aware that you're not feeding that insecurity. Don't let insecurity ruin something amazing. I think that's an important way to look at it, that insecurity can destroy something that could potentially be amazing. And I don't know what would have been different or could have been different. I'm never going to know what could have been had her insecurity been handled differently or had we talked about it and addressed it, approached it differently than we did. But it, but it ended, and I'm not going to what if or what could have been, because we could do that all day in, in any situation, obviously. But what I am going to do is, I guess, try to keep that message of how dangerous and toxic insecurity can be, because I've always had that feeling, uh, like I said, it's always been me in the past that felt that way. And now that I've seen it from the other perspective, I think I have a little bit more of a global understanding of 
how toxic that insecurity really can be. But I'm going to take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be right back in a second. Um, When we come back, I'm going to go back to uh, South Carolina Girl, and we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about some of the advice that some of you guys gave me. I, I got a lot of responses from some of you, which I definitely appreciate. And so we're going to talk about some of those, and we're going to talk about uh, where I'm going from here. All right, we'll be right back. I'll give you one hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind. Whether you're a first-time listener or if you've been with us since the very beginning, if you enjoy listening, please don't forget to subscribe and follow our podcast for all the latest updates. One of the easiest ways to do that is in the Apple iTunes store. Just search for Third Degree Mind. If you don't use iTunes, you can look us up at thirddegreemind.podbean.com and follow us on there. Also, don't forget to look us up on Facebook, Third Degree Mind, and like our page there. You can also message me through that Facebook page if you need to reach out or if you have some feedback. Third Degree Mind is still a new podcast, so I'm always looking for feedback from our growing audience. Thanks again for being a part of that community. So like I said, I got a few responses uh, from you guys about this uh, this girl in South Carolina, whether or not I should go see her. Obviously, uh, as you know, I've been very conflicted because of the fact that I've done something similar last year when I went to New York and girl completely ghosted me. So now I have another girl that I know online that I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to go through the pain of that uh, once again if this girl were to blow me off. So I talked about that in the last episode. If you hadn't listened to that, uh, go ahead and listen to that one for kind of the full full story of why I'm not sure if I should do this, why I'm considering doing it, and and uh, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, like I said, I got I got a few responses. I I like a lot of these uh, responses. I, I picked a couple that I'm going to read for you. Uh, the, this first one, uh, it says, Jay... I think one thing you have to consider is what you said already. Uh, Can you take another rejection? You already dealt with it once, and I agree with your brother that it's dangerous to put yourself in that situation again because you're right, you might hate yourself if you get screwed again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's a good point. Uh, And as that uh, that listener states, that's pretty much exactly what my brother told me. And that's uh, that's the whole idea. Am I going to be able to deal with the pain again if I if I do it uh, if I do it again? Can I go through that again? This next one made me laugh. Uh, this is a funny one. Uh, been listening to Third Degree Mind for a few months. I enjoy the entertainment value of your soap opera style of a life. It always makes me feel better about my own life and the mistakes that I make because whatever fucked up situation I'm in, I can always count on you to provide an even more fucked up situation. I say go for it because even if you get screwed, it'll give you more to talk about on your podcast. Cheers. That one made my day. Uh, (laughs) I love the fact that uh, my soap opera style of a life is so entertaining to at least one person out there that, that I guess that makes it all worth it. This one I like. Uh, Have you thought about splitting the cost? You pay half the airfare, she pays half. That way she's just as invested as you are and will probably be less likely to blow you off. Just my two cents. I kind of like that suggestion. I I like that idea of of splitting the cost and uh, kind of almost an insurance policy on maybe she won't blow me off because she's paid for some of the airfare for me to come out there and see her, you know? I think that's uh, actually kind of pragmatic and and rational. I I like that idea. One more that I'm going to read. This one says, uh, this one says, I think you should absolutely not do it because she probably will blow you off. Even if she doesn't, what happens next? What's your end goal? Are you really the type to be in a long distance relationship? It's just going to lead to pain, especially since you always say that you get very attached I feel like after listening to this podcast, I know enough about you to know that you can't handle a long-distance relationship, and I think it's only going to lead to you getting hurt, either by blowing you off 
or by you falling madly in love with her and then having to later accept the fact that it's never going to happen. She's not going to move for you, and you're not going to move for her. It's pain in the end, no matter how you look at it. If you do decide to go, I honestly hope that she does blow you off like the New York girl, because at least that pain will be less than the pain you will realize a year from now when you've completely fallen in love with her, but realize that there's no future. Take care. That last one seems uh, very heartfelt, you know? It's, uh, I really appreciate that. I, I, when I read it, it was kind of like, you hope, I was, I was, I kind of felt the anger when I read, I hope she does blow you off. And then I, I kept reading uh, the explanation that the pain of being blown off might be less than the pain of realizing that there's no future later on down the road. So anyways, uh, thank you for uh, the four of you. And there were a few others that were less worth uh, reading, but uh, thank you to uh, those of you who did send uh, some suggestions or, or thoughts in. I always appreciate that. So where do I go from here? I've been wrestling with this for a couple weeks now, and uh, I said in my last one that I was not going to make any decision until after the new year. So here we are after, you know, the holidays are over, the new year is here, it's 2019, and I'm thinking a lot about this idea of insecurities, especially with this situation that I had with this other girl that I told you about in the first segment. The insecurity that I have because of what happened in New York last year, in 2018, what happened in New York, and and should I do that again and put myself out there again and expose myself to the same vulnerability or the same potential for pain by doing it again with a different girl in South Carolina? And I was having a hard time making that decision until I heard this. Don't let insecurity ruin something amazing. That Jay Shetty video that I played for you in the first segment about insecurities. It made me realize that if I don't do it, and I don't put myself out there, I'm, I'm never going to have that chance at something what could be amazing. In that last letter that I read for you from uh, the listener that was strongly encouraging me not to do it because there, there might not be a future and there's going to be pain later, we can't avoid doing something now out of, that we want to do out of fear that it's going to lead to pain later. Because that's what insecurity is. My friends, insecurity is guarding yourself against the unknown because of the possibility that it won't end well. There's no definite fact that this won't end well. So when you're faced with a decision that has a potential for something amazing, as Jay Shetty puts it, When you're faced with that potential of something amazing, don't let your insecurity get in the way. And the more of these responses that I read from you guys and and, and after talking about it with my brother and I don't know if this is the good decision or not. I really don't. But I, but I am going to do it. I I am going to do it. I'm going to go to South Carolina uh, in the end of January it's about three, three weeks away from now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see what happens. And, well, as uh, <laughs> as that one listener said, I guess, uh, if if it just gets screwed up, even if I do, even if I do get screwed, it'll give me more to talk about on Third Degree Mind. So, <laughs> I guess I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna be in favor of the one listener that was like 
put the comedic spin to it and said it's all about the entertainment value so fuck it i'm gonna do it all right um anyways we're gonna wrap this up for today uh if if you want to tell me how stupid i am or how foolish i am for uh taking jay shetty's video about insecurity and hearing that that one line about not letting insecurity ruin something amazing if you want to tell me how fucked up i am because i'm i'm using that logic and applying that logic to this situation which is admittedly slightly different if you want to tell me about how dumb i am you can obviously reach out to me on the facebook page anytime now look us up on facebook third degree mind or you can send me an email if you don't use facebook email address is borderline 750 at gmail.com otherwise thank you for listening and i will talk to you again soon Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.